Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino online. I was only playing for fun, so winning was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's favorite free online social casino. You too could have the chance to win life-changing cash prizes. Absolutely anybody could be like Mary. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumboCasino.com and play for free now. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice of the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of the winner. At Kroger, we believe it takes the right team to bring you the freshest produce. That's why we partner with farmers who grow only the best. And that level of teamwork means better, fresher options time and time again. Working with farmers is what it takes to be fresh for everyone. Kroger, fresh for everyone. When you're a Boost member, you get free delivery, double fuel points, and lots more. Sign up at Kroger.com boost. This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. The X-Zone Radio Show with Rob McConnell is largely an opinion talk show. All opinions, comments, or statements of fact expressed by Rob McConnell's guests are strictly their own and are not to be construed as those of the Exxon Radio Show or endorsed in any manner by Rob McConnell, Relmar McConnell Media Company, the Exxon Broadcast Network, its affiliated networks, stations, employees, or advertisers. All hit radio. Welcome to the X Zone, a place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality. Now, here's your host, Rob McConnell. Welcome back, everyone. This is the Exxon. I am Rob McConnell, and we are coming to you from our broadcast center in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Worldwide, toll-free, 800-610-7035. My email address is exxon at exxonradiotv.com. And all social media sites, Exxon Radio TV. And uh, you can always find out what we've been doing, will be doing, and continue to do at www.exxonradiotv.com. Wow, everybody's doing it these days, Exxon Nation. You can see it all over the television. You can see what's going on. And I'm talking about protesters. Black Lives Matter. You see protesters uh, that aren't happy with the way certain governments are going. School protests, you name them, there's protesters. My guest this hour is going to help me try and understand the mindset of a protester. Dr. Allison J.K. is our guest, and... um, Doctor, first of all, thanks so much for joining us tonight, and tell us a little bit about yourself. Hi, well, thanks for having me here. It's always good to be able to help 
in any way whatsoever contribute to somebody having more peace and ease because then mm-hmm. that contributes to our world having that. Sure. So, um, yeah, it's good stuff. I am a doctor of holistic life coaching. I lived in Asia for 10 years studying subtle energy because I was an energy medicine practitioner for about mm, 12 years prior to moving there and a yoga practitioner for in a meditation um both practitioner and teacher for a good 15 or so years before moving there. So I knew that the East is the source for understanding how subtle energy moves. We in the West tend to believe in the power being in the physical first and kind of disregard energy or anything unless we can prove it It is uh, believe after seeing hemisphere where in the east it's we see and then we see what we see because of what we believe mm-hmm. um so it's a inverted model over there in the east and so i've returned about five years ago from my decade in asia and to a very different north america i left two months before 9 11 and came back two years into obama's first administration so it was a very different country at least in the united states and i have clients from all over the world i'm not limited to the united states whatsoever in fact one of my most beloved clients is from ontario and um i am doing work with workshops with mm-hmm. interviews such as this with the releases of books and with one-on-one client sessions and group sessions and teaching yoga and meditation and teaching qigong to help people work with their own consciousness because what we're doing individually is also what's happening collectively. So that is a whole other topic. Um, Would you like me to go right into it? Well, we've got about a couple of minutes before I have to take a break, so I don't want to get into anything too heavy yet. But are are (laughs) are you seeing a resurgence of spirituality in the United States compared to when you left, or have you find a decline in spirituality since you left? It's a great question, and it depends on your perspective. You can say both, because that's exactly what's going on right now, uh-huh. and that's exactly what I was going to speak to. And it doesn't have to be heavy, um, maybe meaty, sure, but it's understood to be humanity's greatest evolutionary leap we're going through right now. So it's also labeled as humanity's spiritual awakening, not North America's. Not the United States' spiritual awakening, but humanity's spiritual awakening. And the time frame is given to be about 2012 to 2032. So it's a 20-year window where it's said that we're going to be leaping two dimensions. In my first book, What If There's Nothing Wrong, talks about how it feels the linear, the concrete, sequential, the predictable um, Newtonian Mm -hmm. physics backdrop that we're used to living or had gotten used to living life with, where things were cause and effect related and very linear that we could follow. It's shaking up and our world is becoming more based on quantum physics where it's energy is first and there's such things. So things aren't so concrete, sequential or linear that we can't follow them in the same way that we once were able to. There's jumps and leaps. And- sure. All right, Dr. Standby, you and I have to take our first break. Explanation, Dr. Allison J.K. is our special guest, and her website is allisonjk.com. This is the Exxon. I am Rob McConnell. We're coming to you from our broadcast center in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada, around the world on the Exxon Broadcast Network and our fine family of broadcast affiliates and satellite programming providers. 
Send me an email, studio at exoneradiotv.com, or you can always check us out at www.exoneradiotv.com and check out the broadcast schedule for the network at xzbn.net. This is Kevin Randall. For nearly 30 years, I have been investigating the case of the Roswell UFO. I have interviewed hundreds of people and stood on the crash site. Now in Roswell in the 21st century, I have reviewed dozens of hours of audio and videotaped interviews, examined hundreds of files that relate to the crash, and have returned to Roswell in an attempt to put all that information into the proper perspective. For the first time in Roswell in the 21st century, I have made a dispassionate reevaluation of all that material and provide a new look at what happened. This is a book that clears away all the clutter that has hidden the truth for so long, strips away the various lies that surround the case, exposes the Air Force attempts at cover-up, and found a core of solid information that tells us all where the case stands today. Roswell in the 21st Century will be available in just a few weeks. For more information, please visit my website at www.kevinrandall.blogspot.com. Gibbs A. Williams, Ph.D., is a practicing psychoanalyst, supervisor, researcher, and author in New York City. Much of his life has been dedicated to understanding nature and the uses of meaningful coincidences or synchronicities. His radical and original non-Jungian, non-mystical, non-magical theory of synchronicities illuminates much of the fog surrounding this challenging and perplexing topic. His ideas and manners are fresh, presented in a style that is both entertaining and highly informative. He is also an expert on crisis intervention, specially focused on violence reduction for the police and citizens, mastering anxiety, frustration, and stress without the use of medication, and effectively preventing and treating heroin addiction. Dr. Williams can be contacted at his email address at gwwilliamsny11 at aol.com or visit his website at www.drgibbswilliams.com. Shamanism is recognized as a method to access the quantum level. Mastery of shamanic skills puts spiritual information and healing power into your hands. Path Home Shamanic Art School, a bonded Colorado certified occupational school, has met rigorous state standards ensuring its director and instructors have the qualifications to teach the shamanic arts. Path Home offers its certification program in blocks of study. Block 1, a five-day intensive, will be held in the beautiful mountain town of Coldale, Colorado, October 13th through 18th. Registration deadline is September 12th. Experience journey trance, power animals, helping spirits, sacred space, and life purpose. Come discover your power. Join me, Gwilda Wiyaka, in the magical world of shamanism. Call 303-775-3431 or visit findyourpathhome.com. Welcome back, everyone. Dr. Allison J.K. is our special guest, www.allisonjk.com. So let me ask you a very simple question, doctor. What is the, what is the mindset of a protester? Uh, they want change. There's dissatisfaction with the current, mm-hmm. and they want something different. So there's a sense of um, anger, frustration. 
there's also a sense of um, knowing and feeling that there can be a different way. And, some, and that varies on, in the protester. Um, it seems like there's some who can see a whole other possibility and are holding a whole other vision. So there's some visionaries and pioneers that are sometimes in the protesting group. But then there's also people who are just frustrated and fed up and are just protesting out of sheer anger. So it's kind of like two different subgroups, it seems like. So some don't hold the vision. And where, just where, does the, where does the violence come from? Um, so let me answer this in, in a little bit of a different way than you might expect. Okay. So in, in the yoga practice, so I got my yoga teacher certification in India. And in the yoga practice, it's understood that we are um, a mirror image or a holographic image mm-hmm. of the macrocosm. So that each of us is a microcosm. Put in different ways, like in Kaoyangin's ways, we are a, and even in Qigong, Taoist Tai Chi ways, we're a localized consciousness of a collective consciousness. So we are tied into the feelings in the mass consciousness. And Kaoyang, my first major in undergraduate school was psychology. Mm-hmm. And after three semesters, I found it incomplete in answering questions about why do humans do what they do and how are we able to be happy and thrive and it was much more based on hard wiring and applications to industrial psych and the capitalistic model so I left it because it didn't feel like it explained human beings and their behavior to me as they were trying to prove themselves to be a hard science so I've looked for the actual answers to those questions why do human beings do what they do in the holistic model that, uh, that acknowledges the existence of the spirit of the existence of the eternal part of us and the unconscious and subconscious. And so there, some of the answers I just gave are some of the answers I found through my research through the past few decades. And so there's an overall unrest right now in the uh, in humanity because we're going through such a huge evolutionary leap. And anything that is aligned with the old, the denser energies, the heavier energies that are like guilt or obligation or shame or frustration or resentment or drudgery where you feel like you have to check out of your life on your gadgets or with shopping or with whatever means you use to check out and just get by and there's no real other options. That's getting shaken up because we're meant to be living an awakened life where we're on purpose, we're happy, we're aligned with what we really want and we're able, we feel empowered enough to do what we really want. So that also includes the ego alignment shifting into more of the heart alignment or the soul alignment. The Chinese use the word Shen mm-hmm. for both spirit and heart. So they believe the spirit or the soul resides at the heart. Yoga culture does too, as well as other indigenous cultures. And so if we're feeling shut down at the heart due to frustration or resentment or blame, or ang- then that becomes anger. And if we're feeling open at the heart, then we're feeling connected to our own guidance, our own inner wisdom, our own genuine, as they say in North America, most authentic self. And we're open, we're feeling connected to others, we're not feeling isolated like we do if we have a shut down heart. So when we're frustrated and resentful or bitter or anger, angry, then we feel disconnected from others. And so it's easier to, then we're more mind dominant. In fact, my energy medicine practice I talk about, I help open up the heart as a backdoor approach to quieting the mind. Now I'm getting ready to go teach my weekly yoga and meditation class, which we start with 20 minutes of meditation. And I guide my students through the Buddha's most frequently taught meditation technique, 
where it's cultivating the observer. So there's an element of detachment that has grown neurologically over the practice, like we're at a gym, but instead of lifting weights physically, because I'm also a personal trainer, so instead of lifting physical weights, we're in the mental gym of rewiring the neurology over and over again, coming off of our thoughts and back to our Mm -hmm. minds so we can have more presence and not be so attached to our thoughts and our identity that comes from our ego mind that contains the thoughts. So if our mind is judging something because we're, fe- we're feeling separate from mm-hmm. others and we're angry and frustrated, then it's easier to project that blame and a sense of victimhood onto other. When our heart is open, when we're more aligned with our, our spirit or our, I don't want to just say divinity, but I also want to just say the deeper part of ourselves where we're not just identifying with our mind and therefore our personality and therefore our ego identity then we're more able to feel connected with others and we take more responsibility for what we're feeling and we have more distance from our thoughts. So a protester, a lot of the times, depending on the protester's genre, if it's the second one where there's a pioneer or a visionary, it's a little bit different. But the first one is just fed up and frustrated with life and, and, and the way things are going and knows that this is bad and wants to speak that out. And it can be projected outward onto the system, which in a way, to a degree, is healthy instead of the way that others will do it, where they'll invert the anger and it'll seethe inside and eat someone inside. So for some, it's an expression, an outlet for that anger with this current status quo. And typically, it's in their own life, but then I also think it's healthy, and I guide a lot of my clients through the years out of the internalized anger so they can see because the natural, the types of people that come to me that are looking for more in their lives are everything from scientists to politicians to lawyers. I mean, they're professionals. They're not just people who are yoga practitioners. They're professionals who are looking for another way to not just live in the mind. A lot of them are highly analytical professionals. And so they're looking for a way to help quiet their mind and find more inner peace and alignment with that part of themselves. And so the idea of being a victim to life is easier to have when you are locked into your mind and your thoughts and your blame and then you're blaming others. But it's also something that happens when, what also happens is people will then take that anger and turn it inwards. And I am so, consistently let, let, okay, helping to point out to you, my clients. That you've it's you've not, lost it's me. Not you, them. You've, you've lost me. You've totally lost me. You've totally lost me because my question was, why do protesters turn to violence i'm getting there i'm trying to give a bigger context so they're busy blaming others instead of having a sense of connection to something bigger than themselves and their thoughts so make them angry does that make it right does that make it right or does that make them weak i'm sorry i said does that make it right where they express their exterior feelings into violence and breaking the law? Or does that mean that they're just weak people using this as an excuse to get what they want? Oh, I I think the answer is obvious. (laughs) Well, tell me your answer. Does it make it right to hurt somebody else? No. Does it make it right to break the law? That's I, I don't even think that that answer is required. Of course not. But you were saying that they should express their anger outwardly. 
Yeah, but you're twisting it and taking it into an entirely different meaning. That's not at all what I was saying. Well, this is what I was saying. This is what I was saying. Tendency within humans to 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 turn their anger inwardly, and so it's a healthier when they can, it's healthy when people can point to external sources for anger instead of just letting themselves seethe with their own inward anger and then act where I didn't get to was to then act constructively and take steps to be able to reorient what they see as dysfunctional in the external environment. And frequently protesters don't have that distance from their thinking minds of the more reactive, so they'll resort to violence. I've heard of the mob mentality. Is there also something as the protester mentality? Yeah, I think I just described it. Mm-hmm. So that's a yes? Yeah, I think I just okay. described it. All right, so let me ask you this then. What are the stages stages of anger, and how can people combat those stages? So the first step would be uh, to recognize that you're angry and to not take any action when you're in the midst of anger. Now, my client base is about 49% male, mm-hmm. my international around-the-world client base and student base, and every single male I work with of every decade Uh, late 20s on up, are asking me, how do I work with my anger? In one way or another, it comes up while I'm in the process of working with them in weekly or bi-weekly sessions. So there's definitely something to do with anger up on the planet right now for the males, and that's part of what's being talked about, too, in the transition we're going through in humanity right now. This is considered, again, humanity's greatest leap evolutionarily, even more so than when we began walking upright. And one of the things that's shifting is the male... The masculine, even though every human has both a masculine and feminine side in them, which the Chinese yin-yang symbol helps to communicate, the masculine is being asked to become a different form. So that macho form, the bravado form, where they're the provider and they have to um, be courageous and the hero, that's on its way out. And what's being formed is coming in is it's a more gentle, um, supportive expression of masculinity and they can take a back seat as opposed to having that ego edge or that macho edge and in that is less bravado and in that is less ego and in that is less acting out so men are asking me what are different ways that I can express my anger it seems like we've been given two models either I see the inside and direct it inwardly or I project it outward onto others I need a third model and that's currently what we're developing. So just realize first the tendency to right now be angry mm-hmm. for a male or female. And so recognize that is up on the planet because everything is shifting and anything that's ego-based or greed-based or dysfunctional, it's changing. And then step two, get a bigger perspective, whether it's listening to a show like this or it's taking a step back and going to, uh, you probably wouldn't go to a meditation class if you're in the middle of anger, but seek out some kind of help or develop some kind of tool that will help you take perspective or get take stock and stop what you're doing in action of anger. So you stop your anger. So you take a step back from the reactive thinking mind and you kind of take a mountaintop perspective. What am I really angry about? and try to get a holistic view instead of a myopic ant view. Try and get the eagle view, if you will. So you can have a better perspective on actually what you're angry about, and then look at your own personal connection Mm -hmm. to the thing that you want to protest. Look at how that is a commentary. What you're seeing externally, 
the the suffering that you want to speak out against or the, the, the dysfunction that you want to speak out against. See how it's a mirror for what's actually happening in your own individual life. And then recognize where you actually have control. The ancient yogic sages, one of the things I love to share is 5,000 years ago, they sat down and asked the question, where do we have more control? All right, why don't we have a bit of a cliffhanger here, and when we come back from this very short break, let's answer that question. ExoNation, our guest this hour is Dr. Allison Kay, and that's A-L-I-S-O-N-K-A-Y. Her website is www.allisonjk.com. Dot com, and she is the award-winning author of the international bestseller, Vibrational Upgrade, A Conspiracy for Your Bliss, Easing Humanity's Evolutionary Transition. Once again, www.allisonjk.com, and her books are available on Amazon.com. This is The Exxon. I am Rob McConnell. This is a place where people dare to believe and dare to be heard Monday through Friday from 11 p.m. until 2 a.m. Eastern, right here on The Exxon Broadcast Network. And if you'd like to find out more about the great programming we have for you, 724-365, visit our network website at www.xzbn.net. Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the Exome Radio Show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, High Tech with Corey Kay, and every minute of the 24-7, 365 programming of the Exome Broadcast Network by calling 712-432-9459, courtesy of TalkStream Live. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan, and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 712-432-9459 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember, 712-432-9459 for the best of paranormal, new age, thought-provoking, sci-fi radio programming 24-7-365. Wouldn't you love to know the secret to everything? Well then, meet Dr. Kimberly McGeorge and her cutting-edge breakthrough knowledge that combines science with possibility. Dr. Kimberly brings real-life answers and healing to those open to alternative solutions. She teaches solution-based programs and classes that will change all areas of your life forever. Specializing in conscious creation, intuitive readings, and energy medicine, you can rapidly shift health, relationships, business, and money and abundance challenges quickly. Receive her best-selling book, Secret to Everything, at no cost by going to secrettoeverything.com forward slash xzone. That's right. Transformation can start now. Just go to secrettoeverything.com forward slash xzone and receive Dr. Kimberly's book for free. While science pursues fact, magic accesses the quantum level, bridging random facts to form truth. As long as science and magic remain separate and polarized, the truth cannot be known. I'm Gwilda Wiecka. Join me on the Science of Magic radio program, dedicated to unification and evolution of consciousness. During each episode, I'll be speaking with experienced and respected scientists and mystics 
From astrologers to astronomers, from medical doctors to shaman, the scientific method to dowsing and intuition, we'll weave together information from seemingly divergent practices to promote unity and enlightenment. Join me, Gwilda Wiyaka, and the Science of Magic right here on the Mutual Broadcast Network. For more information, visit www.thescienceofmagic.net. I am Dr. Carl O'Helvey, founder, president of a new cancer foundation focusing on evidence-based physical, mental, and spiritual interventions, including natural cancer cures, prayer, meditation, affirmations, nutrition, and other related holistic cancer prevention and cure modalities. These are used in cancer education, research, and financing care. I ask for your help to continue this important work by donating at www.holisticcancerfoundation.com. Nation. Our guest this hour is Dr. Allison J.K. That's A-L-I-S-O-N-J-K-A-Y dot com. And that is also the website. Um, how does meditation work in this entire formula, Doctor? I hear so many people these days talking about the importance of meditation, yeah. the importance of slowing down. And like you were saying, taking a different perspective. How does meditation work, ma'am? Um. The idea, you know what I encounter a lot, Rob, in the United States, and it's one of my favorite things to do, too, and actually one of my students, my master-level students, um, yesterday at the event I spoke at was saying this is her favorite topic. I have three signature talks um, amongst other different topics I cover in more frequent workshops, mm-hmm. and the first one's called The Nature of the Mind. And then I go into meditation instruction. It's actually available on my website. It's the least expensive product on my website, too. The nature of the mind is to be loud and to be busy. And when Americans seem to be, in particular Americans, but North America and even the West as a whole, the idea of meditation, it seems like they think they're going to sit down and have a quiet mind. And it's the exact opposite. You're having a you're setting aside time to see how loud the thing is. So the Buddhists say every human mind is an erotic mind. Mm-hmm. And, in fact, here are the tools to work with your own particular neuroses. In my first book, What If There's Nothing Wrong?, I go into tracing. What I was led to do was to go into tracing. Part of it started as my dissertation for my Ph.D. I wrote it in my last year, my 10th year living in Asia, and it's a tracing of where we started in the West to glorify the intellect and to glorify the mind and where we started demanding proof and actually running and hiding from this inner part of our mind. It's like what I see in the West and particularly, and this isn't anything against the Catholic religion, it's just an observation that is a commonality amongst my Catholic clients, is like there's a part of them that they feel like they need to run and hide from. 
like the boogeyman is in their mind. Mm. And it's not just Catholics, it's, it's in the West in, in entirety. So it is this like refreshing backdrop to living in the East where it, this is like this open acknowledgement that they have a technique that's not a religion, but it's a philosophy that is the major religion of the East, even though Christianity is huge over there. And still the first and major religion in the East of you know, working with the mind. And when you go to a monastery, there's more classrooms than there are meditation halls to talk about what you find in the meditation process. So sitting down for that 20 minutes or 30 minutes, you're not going to have quiet. I mean, even me, I've been meditating for 25 years. I still, observe, it's a lot slower and I have a lot more what's called gaps in between thoughts, but I still have thoughts happen. I mean, the mind thinks it's a thought factory. It's just doing its job. The aspect of meditation is to retrain it. There's In my first book, What If There's Nothing Wrong?, I trace a lot of the different neurological um, scientific studies talking about the benefits of meditation that were, had come up at that time to actually measure the benefits of meditation. The Dalai Lama was meeting with Western scientists for every other year for about a patch of a decade. And I used to, when I taught AP Psych in the classroom at the high school level, I used to use the text that were the transcripts put into text form as part of the books required for the course, as well as the College Psychology 101 textbook for the AP Psych classes I was teaching. And what they found were all sorts of fascinating things. But the main thing is the act of sitting down and meditating, like I already said, and pulling your own thinking, pull off of the thoughts, no matter the content, happy, sad, good, bad, planning, reviewing, complaining, expectations, problem solving, pull off of the thoughts, no matter the content, come back to the breath and let the thoughts float by as if a leaf on a river's current. Stepping out of the river, to the riverbank on solid ground in your body now, inhaling. So it's a sense of redirecting all of that mental activity that is so enhanced by our society in the current globalized way we're living in this postmodern lifestyle. And it's returning the consciousness back to awareness of being in the body. And that is Buddha's most frequently taught meditation technique. It's not any, I have, like, as we're in about the 18th minute of a 25-minute practice, mm-hmm. my students start to get relaxed, and you start to get into even um, alpha, if not theta, brainwave state, which is where we are right before we start to dream. And so the body's expecting sleep, and so I have my students straighten up their postures and realign their legs, switching bottom leg to top, etc., so that they can have this awakened presence, but that's calm and relaxed behind the eyes and in the body. So meditation is a workout, and it's an observation of how active your mind is. And just sitting in a practice and recognizing that for the first six months to a year, you're, it's a victory. So meditation is a way to develop new neurological pathways and activate new parts of the brain that help open up new possibilities. Meanwhile, it's also flushing out the subconscious or the buried stuff. So sometimes buried stuff can come to the surface to the practice of meditation instead of ultimately a practice in learning how to open up the heart and just breathe through sometimes some of the more uncomfortable thoughts like, God, I hate my dad. Oh, oh, God, gosh, I hate man. my mother. Oh, God, I hate my wife. Oh, God, I hate my husband. Oh, God, I hate my job. Oh, God, I hate my life. And breathing through that and letting the next thought come and letting the next thought come and letting any thought you have be okay. And know that that presence behind it all, if we could observe our thoughts, Rob, then that means we're more than our thoughts. So letting that part of us 
start to become more prominent in leading our lives. But what about the fact, or what about the idea about finding out why you believe that you hate your father, why you think you hate your your wife or your mother, and 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 repairing those problems? Wouldn't this also be much more beneficial than than meditation? Well, this is the first step. I see. It's, yeah, because then you get honest. You you get into the allowing space of actual instead of in the tight contracted living from that undercurrent mm-hmm. of I hate my my husband for example you're now creating space to see if that thought is actually even true and actually even accurate and then opening up breathing more space into it to allow it to be okay and then one of the things that happens all the time is I'll have like a business owner in my class right. and she, she, one student told me that she had a problem she was trying to solve in a business and she was in my meditation class and the next day she woke up and she had the idea to solve it. She stopped thinking about it during the meditation so it creates space. And Harvard had a study called The Breakthrough and process it became a book and so it's understood that you have breakthroughs when you actually breathe more space into your mind so it gives more space of consciousness like einstein said you can't solve a problem with the same consciousness that created it it creates more space to have more consciousness exposed and available to then have new um awareness about okay so i guess this part of our relationship sucks Mm -hmm. and i need to address it and then insight will come that will help guide Okay, so maybe if we went to the beach more, because we, we used to love doing that, like the actual guidance from within on how to resolve it will actually also come as long as the spaces still continue to be created. We have all the answers within, and I know it's noxious when you hear that and you don't have a lifestyle that allows you to see that, but we really do. It's just an aspect of the habit to get created, to create the space so you can start to access the better parts of you inside. <laughs> When you're teaching or when you're at a book signing or when you're giving a lecture, what is the most common question that you get asked? How do I stop listening to my thoughts? Are we supposed to stop listening to our thoughts? I find that with the 25 years of practice, Rob, I have come to discern mm-hmm. what thoughts are worth listening to and what, like, even texturally. Like, I know that that's a, a quality of thought that's just bleeping in because it's from being exposed to this um, neighbor next to me who's angry mm-hmm. versus insight or guidance or intuition. Like, yes, there's... So with the heart also containing the spirit when we have the sense of upliftment or excitement or enthusiasm we're behind like going to a certain workshop or being interviewed by a certain media personality and we have this uplifting yes then we follow that because that's actually guidance it's not just a sentence that comes in and says you can solve the problem like like a wise elder inside of us giving us a complete sentence a lot of the times our guidance comes in from when we see something out in our lives and we have a really light, uplifted response. That's a that's a piece of guidance saying, "Yes, go do that." So it's um, it's uh, there are certain types of thoughts that we can learn to just let go by and ignore, and then like uh, the kind of mechanistic, intellectual, cognitive cognition, like a machine. It's almost like you can feel. You know how the old clocks made in Germany had the the copper or the gold plated wheels inside yeah. of them. Sure, the gears. Yeah. Um, 
yeah, the gears. It's almost like you mm-hmm. can feel the gears working, whereas something that's in guidance that's more worth listening to is a sense of, it's like it's parachuted in or it floats by. So there's a different texture to the quality of thought, the ones that are reactive, the ones that you're picking up on from the people around you, because we do do that. Mm-hmm. I know that the Western mindset doesn't allow much room for just how much of psychic sponges are, but you know when you walk the room, you can feel the happy room or oh, a sure. low room, and even when you're around certain people, mm-hmm. and that's our, that's our psychic sponginess. So it's in the humanity spiritual awakening time, we're picking up more and more on how people, because we're opening, we're awakening, and we're becoming more sensitized to how people around us are feeling. So we're picking up more on how people are feeling around us, too. I have a lot of people also asking me, how do I stop absorbing the negative energy of others, which could also be behind some of the protesting, likely. What about all this all this inundation that everyone is receiving because of the amount of media that is just pounding us 724 365 the amount of information that we're that we're getting fed how do we how do we filter that out as well doctor well that's a great question um considering we're both kind of involved in media and putting out media that's not the norm yeah i yeah i feel like it's any media just like any person just like any event Mm -hmm. just like any thought that makes you feel like you're hidden, you're trapped kind of in a closet, like you're in a squeezed space, makes you feel contracted or small, don't listen to it. Anything that makes you feel expansive or lighter or like you can breathe and exhale easier, listen to that. One of the energy medicine schools that I have uh, been associated with before, one of the things they say is if it makes you feel lighter, it's truth. If it makes you feel heavier, it's a lie. And the interesting thing, Rob, is that when I work with people, yes. this is one of the single most difficult things for people to reorient because we are so oriented to, if that makes me feel heavy, yeah. then it's true. Hmm. What kind of society is that? What kind of media is that? Well, it's one that doesn't want us to be free. It, the media today is very controlling. It's a control factor in everybody's life. Look what's happening with the elections. You know, I've never seen so yeah. much negativity in all my life in the media. And I've been doing this show for 25 years. And I'm ashamed. Yeah, I saw that. And I'm ashamed to say that I'm part of the media watching what is going on, the mudslinging and the, the disingenuous way that they're attacking uh, the opposite opponent to which they believe is going to serve them best if the person gets in power. You and I have to take a break, uh, Doctor. It's great talking to you, Exonation. Nation. Our guest this hour is Dr. Allison J.K. Her website is www.allisonjk.com, and all her books are available on Amazon.com. I'm Rob McConnell. This is the Exxon. The Good Doctor and I wrap up this hour on the other side of this break. Don't go away. As host of Dialogue with Divinity, I am thrilled to join the Exxon Broadcast Network and their growing number of affiliates. My quest for a connection to the divine ignited my successful career path as an international spiritual counselor for over 40 years and author of four books 
and well-known metaphysical educator. My clients call me their spiritual mama. So my job is to offer you a radio show to help you grow spiritually with wisdom and get specific tools from guests who are experts in their field. Tune into Dialogue with Divinity and be part of the conversation with spirit. My goal, your happy soul. For more information, please visit my website at johannacarroll.com. Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the Exome Radio Show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, High Tech with Corey Kay, and every minute of the 24-7, 365 programming of the Exome Broadcast Network by calling 712-432-9459, courtesy of TalkStream Live. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan, and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 712-432-9459 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember, 712-432-9459 for the best of paranormal, new age, thought-provoking, sci-fi radio programming 24-7-365. Coming soon to the Exxon Broadcast Network is a different perspective with me, Kevin Randall, as your host. We'll be taking a close look at what is happening in the world of UFOs today with side trips into the paranormal. Guests will range from those who are household names to those who have a different perspective on a variety of topics. No topic will be taboo, but there will be tough questions asked as we all search for the truth about UFOs, the paranormal, and those things that excite us. Sometimes we'll agree with a guest and sometimes we won't, but we'll try to keep the program topical. For those of you who would like to read, be sure to visit www.kevinrandall.blogspot.com and remember to listen to the other fine programs on the X-Zone Broadcast Network at www.xzbn.net. This is Kevin Randall. For nearly 30 years, I have been investigating the case of the Roswell UFO. I have interviewed hundreds of people and stood on the crash site. Now in Roswell in the 21st century, I have reviewed dozens of hours of audio and videotaped interviews, examined hundreds of files that relate to the crash, and have returned to Roswell in an attempt to put all that information into the proper perspective. For the first time in Roswell in the 21st century, I have made a dispassionate reevaluation of all that material and provide a new look at what happened. This is a book that clears away all the clutter that has hidden the truth for so long, strips away the various lies that surround the case, exposes the Air Force attempts at cover-up, and found a core of solid information that tells us all where the case stands today. Roswell in the 21st Century will be available in just a few weeks. For more information, please visit my website at www.kevinrandall.blogspot.com. What Happened in Benghazi is revealed by Nicholas Genix, author of Obama, Islam, and Benghazi. He informs the American people that President Obama deceived them by advocating a strong foreign policy prior to the 2012 presidential election, and Hillary Clinton supported this deception. 
As the title infers, there is a connection between Obama, Islam, and Benghazi. Ample evidence informs Americans that Obama's early indoctrination in the Quran developed an infinity for Islam, why the Quran is the source of discontent in many countries, and why the Obama foreign policy deception led to poor military action and caused the loss of American lives in Benghazi. GeneX provides 36 questions for the Select Committee on Benghazi to validate if Americans are justified to mistrust President Obama and Hillary Clinton. An overview of Obama, Islam, and Benghazi is presented on the website www.futureofgodamen.com. That's www.futureofgodamen.com. Afterlife expert Roberta Grimes was the first one to say that dying can be fun. Now her best-selling book, The Fun of Dying, is available in stores worldwide. So if you wonder whether death ends life, how it feels to die, or what heaven might be like, The Fun of Dying was written for you. And if you have always been afraid of death, or if you worry that your life is no meaning, let The Fun of Dying ease your fears and bring new meaning to your life. Nothing said in The Fun of Dying is based on the teachings of any religion. Instead, Roberta draws on evidence to explain how death happens, how it feels, and what comes next. A lot of the best death-related evidence was produced in the first half of the 20th century. When it is put together with recent discoveries, it tells a consistent and amazing story. Roberta Grimes blogs and answers questions at robertagrimes.com. Her wonderful book, The Fun of Dying, is available on Amazon and at stores worldwide wherever books are sold. Explanation, uh, Dr. Uh, Dr. Allison J.K. is our special guest. Uh, she's the author of Vibrational Upgrade, A Conspiracy for Your Bliss, Easing Humanity's Evolutionary Transition. And um, she's a yoga meditation expert, award-winning author, and what a pleasure it has been having her on the show for this hour. Uh, again, Doctor, I know that you're getting ready to go into a class. Um, I, I guess I'd like to ask you, can we, or how can we as a society, actually heal in the face of all the tragedies that we're being exposed to each and every day? So, it's a huge question, right? And to even think that I could answer that in such a humbling position, I just need to say that. Um, I know that compassion is the number one way. I know that, for Mm -hmm. example, I have a French client and she's um, not French, she's actually Dutch and she moved with her husband to a village in France and she's cut off from her family and friends and they're fighting. She's in her early or late 50s, she's in his early 60s. So I'm going to answer this from an individual conflict because it's just an example of an individual conflict because it's just a way to answer your question overall. Um, So what I said to her that finally made sense because she was having a heck of a time and she knew when she started working with me, she might be working with me to help me, to have me help her mm-hmm. break up this marriage. And so as I'm talking with her, she's trying to come out of having conflicts with her husband and her husband is, she said, like a professional arguer, like nobody has ever been able to talk him down. He, he just always wins all arguments and his position is always ending up being right. And so I said, okay, so if he's angry and he's hurt, 
and he's lashing out at society. He's lashing out at the news, yelling at the television. Mm-hmm. He's lashing out at you and making it your responsibility to make him feel better. Leave. Give him space where you're not any longer putting yourself in the line of fire right. of his anger so that he deals with it himself. But also engage compassion because he's hurting. I mean, mm-hmm. when somebody is angry or when there's conflict, it's, it sounds, I mean, it's just so simple. We make it so complex because we listen to the mind and listen to people who are self-serving, who need to you know, have a living made. And so they make themselves very important. And so then they have their salaries earned and then they can pay for their, their lifestyle. And so much of it's redundant, irrelevant, and made overly complicated. Anybody responds to love. Anybody responds to compassion. I mean, I have this retired police officer who lives around me. He's a neighbor that has no life. He's married to a Korean woman, and he is angry. He's on medication. He got apparently some kind of injury as a police officer, and he sits home all day, every day, and listens to his TV so loud, all the kinds of television shows that I don't watch. He listens to all the kinds of news and the fear-based, everything we're talking about. Mm -hmm. He is that paradigm. People are afraid. And so the only way to blast a hole in that and what we're actually being commanded to do is to rise higher, to open up more and to have more love. And how do you do that? Well, instead of judging or instead of pushing someone away or instead of being angry or instead of making that person separate, understand that anything that they're reacting with is out of their own hurt and that it's not about you anything that somebody is doing is not about you it can be projected onto you you can be entangled in their storyline that they're projecting onto you but it's still all theirs so being able to detach from the other and instead understand that they're just someone suffering and you and no one it doesn't matter what language what gender what culture no one likes to be afraid everyone likes to be loved that's true. And it is that basic. And I, then you bring that to the group level. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what happens when you bring it to a group level? Uh, big movements are formed. And you brought up the you brought up the politics. You brought up the crazy race that's happening sure. in America right now. And I mean I have I have politicians from other countries that are in my client base and they're commenting about how <laughs> the American presidential race is making others a little bit edgy in other countries around the world. <laughs> it, it is. And I know it's... Say again? I said yes, it is, yeah. Indeed. And understandably so, but the way... And I, my first career, Rob, is in politics. The work I do now is my political action. My master's is in politics. And I know that the current race we're watching in America is an absolute example of everything I've been talking about. It is the old paradigm mm-hmm. versus the new paradigm. It is the hatred and the pushing away and the uh, making someone separate and the judgment and the anger versus a new possibility of the inclusiveness. And I'm not trying to say that I'm a supporter of one candidate as you read in between the lines of what I'm saying. Yes. Just looking at the models of what they're both offering is all I'm saying. And it's the old versus the new. 
Well, I hope the new is a lot better than what we're seeing right now because uh, just like many of your clients, it scares the hell out of me. Before you go, I'd just like to ask you about the vibrational upgrade system. What is that, doctor? Oh, so I'm a personal trainer. Yeah. I have a specialty certification in fitness and nutrition. And when people come to me to lose weight, for example, they're a metabolic syndrome because they've been eating like crap, frankly, for decades with all the food additives and packaged processed quick food and they want to lose weight, how do they do that? I throw them on the table and we start doing energy medicine to deal with why you're stuffing food down your throat at particular times. What are you trying to avoid by eating that carbohydrate instead of choosing the healthier choice? And so we go, and it's not just, I don't even, sessions I do, I don't even talk with people. Mm. I'm just working with the energy, with the unconscious conclusions that are not at the conscious level. And so everything that I do is geared towards a vibrational upgrade. So if they're dropping weight, they're dropping density. But they're, but what's causing them to drop the physical weight are the old beliefs that cause them to pack on the weight at an unconscious level. So as I just said, and I say almost in every talk I give, if you're saying you want A, but you see your actions going for B, then there's an unconscious or subconscious block there. There's a chunk of hidden thinking that is making you choose against what you're saying you want. So people can come to me and say, I've worked on this issue for years. I was in therapy for this for years. Mm-hmm. And they can work with me and we can get through it. And they're just left in awe and happiness and glee that they actually can feel something different because that's what we do when we, when we clear the unconscious and subconscious conclusions made in, either in trauma or childhood and that we're not aware, we're not conscious of them, that's either un or subconscious, uh, then we can have new consciousness freed up instead of being locked down for more life force, more vitality, but also new choices and new consciousness. And so every tool I have, whether it's a yoga posture to free up the hips and back mm-hmm. and to help the second chakra or it's energy medicine to get out the beliefs that are causing your hips and back to be locked down or meditation or it's exercise, certain exercises physically as a personal trainer or it's Qigong class or it's... Um, a mixture of all of the above, I do something, oh, the holistic life coaching, or some coaching, like you're hearing basically the coaching I'm doing in this interview we're doing together. All of it combines together to give a person a vibrational upgrade, meaning happiness is a higher, lighter feeling. When you're angry and frustrated, it's a lower feeling. So it's a, you're raising your vibration or you're giving yourself a vibrational upgrade when you let go of the heavier, denser, slower feelings and you're letting yourself feel lighter and freer. So that's what it's all about. Doctor, do you believe in reincarnation? I couldn't escape the East without believing in it. And I'll tell you what, really quickly. It's funny, I had some people laughing at this yesterday. When I was teaching in the classroom, I used to give my students extra credit opportunities. A lot of the times as a result of the interesting conversations we'd have, whether it was during literature class or it was during psych class. And a lot of the times there were answers to questions I wanted to know. So one of the units that we were doing brought up reincarnation. Mm And so it wasn't like it was, uh, I believe it was the romanticist unit in literature. And so I wanted to understand, okay, if there is reincarnation, I was living in the East at this club for probably about five years, right. then how does it happen? I mean, and so the answer I ultimately got, piecing a couple of different answers from my students together and then my own intuition and what I had gained from understanding while working on people's energy medicine systems is... Uh, there's the cellular memory that's kept in the DNA. And so when we become one cell and then we proliferate into an embryo, that is 
retained in the DNA. So, Rob, I've had people on the table that I, it's unavoidable. I'm not asking for it. I'm not looking for it. But mm-hmm. something comes up that tells me in a past life you've had such and such situation. And then they'll say, you know, I as a kid, I used to do that. Unreal. And so it could be... Yeah, it's just too many times there's been coincidences that have shown themselves to be because of past life. And then there's even, um, I had my own radio show for uh, a couple of years, and then there's people I interviewed, scientists and doctors, who do research on this. And there's actually research you can find that will come as close to proving this as possible. But I don't know that we have time to go into it now. Actually, we don't, Doctor. I know you've got to go to a class, but I just wanted to, to bring in the possibility that what affects a person in this life could be brought over from another life, and you and I will have to discuss this at another time. Thank you so much, Doctor. It's been my pleasure. Thank you so much for joining us, Doctor. A great pleasure talking to you and Exxon Nation. If you'd like to get more information about our guest this hour, Dr. Allison J.K., uh, com is her website. That's com, And she is the award-winning author of the international bestseller, Vibrational Upgrade, A Conspiracy for Your Bliss, Easing Humanity's Evolutionary Transition. Well, that's it for tonight. I'll be back tomorrow night as once again we cross the time-space continuum to this place that I call the X-Zone. It truly is a place where people dare to believe and dare to be heard. It's a place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality. And we're here Monday through Friday, 11 p.m. until 2 a.m. right here on the X-Zone Broadcast Network. And until tomorrow night, my friends, take care of each other. We are our brother's keepers. And remember, always keep your eyes to the sky and your heart to the light. Good night, everyone. Mm